It's time for The Bright Side, a coaching radio show for changemakers, the organizations and positive leaders creating positive change in the world. The Bright Side is sponsored by P-Link Leadership. At P-Link Leadership, we have one big goal, to accelerate positive change. It's all based on fusing the sciences of human nature with the discipline of leadership to transform the world at work, or as we call it, accelerating positive change in a big way. And now as your host, Alexis Robin, Chief Experience Officer and Co-Founder of P-Link Leadership, I'm here to bring you 10 minutes of insight, theory, and actionable tips to support you on your journey of becoming the best version of yourself. Oftentimes in my practice, I will have leaders who can't understand why they are struggling to build trust with their direct reports or their peers. And we'll start talking about the messages that they're sharing or they will ask about how to influence across functions or where they don't have positional power. And what it gets down to often is that it's often a communication challenge where how they are saying something is impacting the ability for others to buy in or their ability to influence. This is Alexis Robin with The Bright Side. And this week we're talking about how you say things and why the how you deliver something matters more than what you say. Years ago, my husband and I were having a conversation after work and he was sharing with me a similar frustration as the one I opened up the show with that he was trying to deliver a message and it kept falling flat or people kept getting defended. And so we talked about it and then I offered a few solutions or suggestions for how he could say it differently. And At the end of our conversation, he said, so what, I'm just supposed to serve everything on a silver platter for people to understand it? And my answer was only if you want them to listen to you or hear you. And we kind of laughed about it. But then we came up with this metaphor where when one of us said something that wasn't well framed or phrased or had a snarky kind of tone behind it, we talked about it being like serving a filet mignon on tinfoil versus on a silver platter. The value goes down inherently when it's served up without a lot of thought or care versus when it's served up all beautifully and thought out. So it's really a leader's job to communicate without pretense or defense. And yet most of us fail at this. So why does this matter? Research says that our communication is 55% body language, 38% tone of voice, and 7%. Imagine that 7%, the words that we say. Ensuring that we're congruent in our thinking, feeling, and doing, in this case, speaking, allows leaders to influence and bring teams along, which is critical to scaling leadership. So let's talk a little bit about what it actually means to be congruent. So what I'm saying to others matches how I feel internally. This is one of the first pieces of being congruent. When I'm not aligned in how I'm feeling and what I'm saying out loud, our tone and our body language will betray us. So for example, if a leader's mouth says, great idea, and their body and tone of voice says, no chance, rookie, people can sense it. 
Your stealth intentions and emotions impact your message, even when your words are well planned out. So you really need to challenge yourself to lean into vulnerability and speak your truth. And this is what we call courageous authenticity. The other thing about being congruent is that you believe what you're saying. If you don't believe what you're saying, you'll lack confidence to influence. People can sense that you're not bought in. And so um, making sure that whatever message you're delivering, you really believe. The third thing about being congruent is to be aligned with your personal values. This creates resonance in speech. When people speak from values, it feels different to the listener. If you listen to a speech like Martin Luther King, when he speaks to the I Have a Dream speech, or even to Lizzo singing It's About That Time, you can hear there's a truth in the resonance of the words, and it feels like truth to the listener. So you want to ensure that you're aligned with your values when you're speaking as well. And then lastly, you want to act in accordance with what you say. When you think about this, People won't believe you when you say one thing and do another. That's pretty basic, right? You'll get low scores on integrity sections of your 360 assessments or reviews. You'll have low trust with colleagues and direct reports. And so um, asking yourself that question, am I modeling what I'm asking for from others? Am I following through on what I'm saying? Do I act in a way that leads others to believe that I truly believe in what I'm saying? And if not, then you're incongruent. And that lack of congruence really um, can inhibit your ability to influence people. It can inhibit your ability to build trust with people. And it can you could take a ding in your integrity. The next thing I want to talk to you about is tone of voice. So this takes a lot of practice. And you want to think about practicing speaking with a neutral tone of non-judgment when you're speaking, when you're trying to lean into curiosity, when you're trying to open up a conversation, maybe you're in a meeting and you're trying to get to the best outcome. Uh, So you want to think about some news that you need to share and say it without judgment or emotion. This is harder than you think. So this is how I practice. Um, Often I practice in the shower or in the car because I'm alone and it's just easier to speak out loud. You can also practice in your office with the door closed, but pick something that's emotionally charged that you need to communicate about. Maybe it's a decision that got made in your department that you disagree with, or maybe it's a fundamental disagreement with a peer, something that has a different priority than what you're working on. And it's just, you notice it's got you a little, a little triggered. What I would say is once you pick that thing that you want to talk about, say it with judgment first to get it out of your system. So I might think, uh, let's just make up an example. Let's say I disagree with creating a new product because I just don't think we have the bandwidth to create it uh, and the headcount to create it. So I might first say it with judgment to get it out of my system. Like that's a ridiculous idea. We don't have any headcount or time or financial backing to make this product happen. Like why would you even consider doing it? That's the ultimate judgmental, emotional, emotionally complex version. So I might just start there. And then I hear myself say it and I think, yeah, that's not going to go over well. There's going to be a lot of defensiveness in the system if I speak it that way. So then I prepare for a neutral tone by leaning into curiosity. And this is when I ask myself the question, what do I believe about this and how could I be wrong? What don't I know? What is another theory? So my theory might be like, this is a crazy thing. We don't have, you know, time and money to develop this thing. And I might ask my, I might think like, wow, this could, another theory is that this could be 
the next big thing that allows us huge leap forward in financial gain. So maybe it's worth it, right? So I start to just challenge my own thinking and then I will make a generous assumption. That's kind of the last piece. So what is the most generous assumption I can make about this decision to create this new product? Well, maybe my most generous assumption is this person doesn't have clarity to what kind of resources we have available. Or maybe this person knows something that I don't and I need to find out what that is. I want to get underneath the thinking behind this. And so once I've kind of gone through those questions and I feel myself start to soften around my initial judgment, my initial assumptions, my reactivity, then I try saying it out loud again and practicing really helps me get it right in the moment. And it's crucial to our success. And so I might come at it with like, wow, a new product, like help me understand what you're hoping this product will do for us or walk me through how you landed on wanting to use this product. Then I hear myself like, oh, that sounds better. Okay. Maybe I'll try it again. And the more I try it, the more I can get into that creative space. Now, lastly, let's talk body language. So body language will betray us all the time. If we are incongruent, if we are pretending to fake it till we make it, the body will betray us. Our facial expressions. One time I went to this really cool training um, that was by an FBI agent who talked about micro expressions and how like just in a nanosecond, your face can show surprise or can show disgust and that other people pick up on that when they see it. Understanding that when you roll your eyes or you make a little side smirk or you just have a, like a, a, sh- a small shake of the head or a look down, like all of those things are conveying a message. And so practice noticing what does your face feel like? What does your body feel like when you're genuinely curious? Oh, that's kind of interesting. I might shake my head. I might open my eyes, might, you know, kind of lean in. Tell me more about that. I just feel like everything kind of softens. And so tune into that for yourself. The second is notice what your body stance looks like. Are you standing with your arms crossed and, you know, far away or your hands in your pocket and kind of, you know, grumpy face looking down, shoulders hunched over. Notice your stances. What does it feel like? What do you stand like when you're open and curious and neutral about something? Also, eye contact's a big one. Are you making eye contact? Are you, you know, in kind of a soft focus? Are you in a hard stare? Um, All of these things convey a message. And so when you're thinking about communicating without pretense or defense as a leader, it's really important to get familiar with your own kind of cues. Now this could be hard to do. It's easier now because we often watch ourselves on zoom all day long. So we can kind of start to see our own habits and our own body language, but ask other people for feedback here. Ask a trusted colleague to ask, to share with you, how was my tone and body language when I was talking about that topic? Or, you know, are my tone and body language aligning with the messages that I'm sharing in meetings? Um, and then reflect on areas where you find yourself getting defensive and work with a coach or mentor to explore what's at risk for you in these situations. It's best to just get underneath all of this stuff and to explore it and understand and get into that curious mindset because from that place, you can really have conversations that get to the heart of issues or things that might feel a little bit 
complex or a little bit difficult without that pretense and defense. And when you're doing that, you're creating psychological safety for folks. And the more psychological safety you have on your team, this feeling of being able to show up honestly and say what you're thinking and bring your whole self to work, the more innovation you're going to get, the quicker you're going to hear about problems in the system or something that needs to be addressed, the more discretionary effort you'll get from your associates. So it's not enough to just get the words right. It's really important to be working on your tone of voice and how you say it, because how you say it matters so much more than what you actually say. This is Alexis Robin with The Bright Side, bringing you tips and tricks to accelerate positive change in your own leadership and in your own life. Please follow us at plinkleadership.com. You can hop onto our socials from there. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Lots of good content going out there. And if you'd like to sign up for our monthly emails, you can find that at the footer of our website at plinkleadership.com. Have a wonderful week and work on how you say it this week.